Welcome to the Bourbon Library, hosted by the Bayless Brothers. A spirited conversation always served neat as barrel proof of our family bond. Grab a glass. The episode starts now. Hey, I just noticed when I opened a Zoom, it just told me this meeting is being recorded. <laughs> You've been no. recording these? <laughs> I got to leave the meeting. It says got it or leave the meeting. I'm leaving the meeting, man. I don't think I'm the only one who finds it somewhat suspect that Devin would be remotely, I don't know, self-aware that he was being recorded uh, saying the kind of things he says. He's Devin. He just does it. He just goes for it. That's why we love him. That's what makes Devin great. I'm coming to you from a small Airbnb. Really, it's it's just a room with a bathroom on the first floor of a building in the Lower Haight in San Francisco. Really a great, wonderful town. When I got to California, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to find good whiskey. I wasn't really sure. You know, I knew it was a big market, but you just never know. And of course, the gods were in my favor. And there was an amazing place called Healthy Spirits on a wonderful little street called Valencia, just a few blocks away. So all my whiskey needs have been very well covered. I'm Ryan Bayless, and this is the Bourbon Library. And stick with me for a few more moments. Are you sticking with me? Good. Today we're talking about Very Old Barton. It's going to be a good one. Since the very beginning of my dad's whiskey adventure, when he was starting to work off and on in Kentucky and trying whiskey, he talked about one bargain bourbon. Very Old Barton, V.O.B. to some. He loves Very Old Barton, and not so surprising, Timmy also loves Very Old Barton. And admittedly, I've been on the fence. But today's episode is special. I give it a deep dive. I've never written it off, but I definitely needed to consider it more. And we had an opportunity to do that. And we've also had a chance to talk a little bit about Sort of, I guess, I'm always raging on big bourbon and, and uh, you know, corporate culture and how that impacts craft, but I think we got to do an interesting conversation just sort of about how, I don't know, some of that benefits uh, bourbon as well. And old brands get sort of new lives because big billionaires come in and stir the pot up a bit. All right, let's just get into it. I just is the consensus that that everybody likes this or not so much or I have mixed feelings about very old Barton. I'll be honest okay. with you guys. You know I like 1792. So my feeling is I'd rather pay and have 1792. Um, I did. So the first time I had it, I uh, didn't like it at all. But I think I had it at the end of a day when we had been doing tours and stuff, and I was just sort of like, yeah. It's kind of like heartburny. I just didn't like it, but uh, and I found it, and I found the taste a little bit off-putting to me for some reason. But then the bottle we got from you, I gave it a fair shot, another fair shot, 
And I liked it actually uh, a lot. I was like, Oh, I get it. I get why I get it's good. It's, you know, um, but I find it for me, it's, it's one of those bourbons that I'll use in my old top, my hot toddy. Gotcha. Um, which is not a bad thing. I don't want to put shit in my hot toddy either, but it, to me, it's, it's perfect for that. Yeah. It's a great hot toddy. Yeah. I, I cook with it too. Cause I, sure. I just think it's got great bourbon. It, it, it smells like bourbon. It tastes like bourbon. It's got good bourbon flavor. I, I, I mean, I like it and that, but it, yeah. we all have our own palates. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, but I love 1792 is my favorite. So it's interesting to me that it, within the same Nashville, within the same, <laughs> the same uh, distillery, there could be something I really don't, care for as much so is it the is it the full proof that you like of the 1792 yeah yeah okay so i will say i have a single barrel 1792 that i think the taste is somewhat comparable to very old barton and yeah. i don't mind it but it, I, it, it's like immediately like oh these aren't that far off why'd you guys get us this bottle why why is it important to you because um i found well I, I think I kind of found it and turned your dad onto it, but it's the best bottle of bourbon and it's the best kept secret you can get for under 20 bucks. Hmm. Actually under 15 bucks. So this is a $15 bottle of bourbon? Yeah, $13.99. Wow. Yeah. Doesn't that kind of feel like that's how it should be? Yes. And so here's the other thing is that I learned. So I really like it, right? It, it, it's just, it's got, it smells like bourbon. It's got all the notes, it, it 100 proof, it, it just tastes nice, it finishes nice. But when your dad and I first started drinking it, it was bottled in bond. Mm -hmm. And then in 2018, this is a Sazerac product, by the way, or Sazerac brand done by um, you Barton. Know, Barton Distillery, very old, mm -hmm. or 1792 Barton Distillery in that. So back then it was six year old, bottle and bond mm. now it's four to six year old so it doesn't meet the bottle and bond criteria right of, of season you know oh they're of, blending yeah so but or whatever yeah it's, it's interesting because they've increased production right and i'm hoping i got my fingers crossed that they introduced that product again the bottle and bond huh Maybe they're waiting for a new batch to mature. And I have an unopened bottle of the bottle and bond sitting, waiting for a side-by-side -side comparison with this mm. group at some point in time when you guys come to my abode. Mm. Then I'll yeah. crack it. Unless, so, some guy offers, unless some guy offers me thousands of dollars for it. Do <laughs> <laughs> it. So, Dad, what what is your uh, what was your first impression of Barry Old Barton? So, first of all, Timmy's memory's stunted a little bit. Okay. <laughs> uh, I got turned on to Barry Old Barton on my trips to Kentucky, mm. and brought home a bottle. And Timmy and I tried it amongst other ones, kind of like a side by side taste test. Mm -hmm. And it was, yeah, it was really good for, for the price, the, the best value there was, right? Absolutely. I mean, since then, there's a few others in that same price range that you would say were comparable. But Here's something I find confusing, and maybe you guys can have an answer to why you might do this. 
They so they proof it at they have an 80, an 86, a 90, and a 100. Why would you do it that so so close? I understand the 80 and I understand the 100. I don't understand the in-betweens. I don't know why you would do that, except that the Sazerac spirits, maybe they were looking at it being a um, a spirit for bars, right? Like wells. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, but I will tell you that I have tried the others that you speak of, and I do not care for them like I do the, the 100. No, so I, I started with the 90 proof just to kind of compare it to the 100 proof that I'm going to go to next. And yeah, it's just kind of meh, but I'm, I'm excited to get the 100 in my glass. Can you think of any reason why they would do it? Though I still so don't I, fully grasp I, I have, that. I have one, one theory, Ryan, or maybe two. Um, Burial Barton has been around for a while, and so there was probably a proof that they sold it typically. So one of those four was probably the regular everyday proof. The rest of this stuff, I'm guessing, is kind of like um, benchmark is to Buffalo Trace, right? Ooh. It's kind of like their low-end bourbon that they can put all the stuff that doesn't quite make the make the muster for 1792 for instance right mm-hmm. so then you're you've got a bunch of batches and whatever proof they're at or whatever they're close to they just set it to that level and go like i got it i got it like a catch-all brand of anything all the leftover stuff yeah right. well yeah because all their stuff has the same mash bill right 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 so this uh, is stuff that isn't quite 1792 per ready to go, right? It's not quite up to that standard. Mm-hmm. But it's still 100 proof, so you still got the 1792 bottled in bond cheaper guy. And then what's the proof on the regular? Uh, 80. When there's an 80. 90 or 86, right? 86. Uh, regular 1792. I think it's oh, 86. I think it's 86. Right. So there you go. Really? Like, that's why you oh, have I can tell you right now. I can oh, tell you. Let me check. Yeah. The regular small batch is, uh, oh, 93.7. Mm. Well, there goes that, that uh, theory. <laughs> yeah. Well, or the uh, I guess the other thing is they, they get them tasted at 93 and don't like it. So then they just, you know. <laughs> Water down so they can get more money out of it. Wait, they're, all, they're all barreled at 125 proof. Which is the minimum, right? No, which or is maximum. the maximum. Maximum. And so then they're pulling from whatever different batches were proofed to certain things that didn't quite meet the standards for the other ones. No, max is higher than 125, isn't it? I don't think so. Well, you no. No, that's supposed to be the, the, the law, right? Not barreled at higher than 125 proof. I don't know why. I have like 130 or 135 in my head for some. 120 bourbon may not well, be introduced to the barrel at higher than 125 proof. Okay. Right. Bourbon must be distilled no more than 160 proof or 160 proof. Yeah. Right. So it can be distilled higher. It cannot be barreled higher. Yeah. And so it's got to be the stuff that has the higher proof, right? It, it gets higher proof in the barrel because of evaporation, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that can, yeah, I mean, they can, that can soar. 
I mean, that's how you can get 132 proof something or 136. Right. But those are the special bottles. I mean, they need to water this stuff down to spread it out. Mm -hmm. And that's the reality of it. So much of it's economic. I mean, some right. of it's taste, you know, a 90, sometimes something probably sits really nicely at 90, but most of the time it's economic, I think, if they're below 100. Well, I think this at 100 has a, that nice sizzle that you like, but it doesn't burn mm. in that. It's sweet. It's caramely. It's cinnamony, mm. and not not like red hot cinnamon to me. Now, what's the what's the price jump from the 100 to a equivalent 1792? Um, the bottled and bond would be. Hold on, I actually know this. I have. I had it on my list because I was going to ask. Mm -hmm. So the seventeen ninety two bottled and bond is a fifty two dollar bottle. So I, I mean that's really curious to have such a cheaper bottle from like what may have been some of the same original juice. What's that? Three and a half times. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, but I tell you what, I stand by for the price and i'm glad we're doing this because quite honestly it used to be the bottle i go to you know one of the bottles consistently when i was doing a flight right and i'd have or when i was sitting because i got this big honker of a bottle you know i got the little one done and i got that big honker of a bottle so uh so i haven't done it in a while and i'm not um i i love it i mean i think i always will between that sentence, I'm easily going to be able to edit. I've got a little honker. I've got a little honker. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Timmy. It's so go, going back to me poking at Timmy a little bit about who found it first. To give him the proper credit, I, I found a bottle, but I didn't realize the whole bottled and bond and certified and the value and all that stuff, right? It wasn't until mm. Timmy pointed it out. Um, I, I, were we together when we bought those bottles? Yes, we were. And that was at, that was at our place that has the, the, uh, um, the tasting bar. Oh, okay. In Louisville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I had one, I, it was 12 bucks, whatever, bought it, tried it with Timmy. And then we realized that it ended up being a special bottle, which I had, um, a fifth of just regular crafted or whatever they call it. And one that was bottled and bond, the special bottle and accidentally gave away the bottled and bond special <laughs> one. Oops. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. funny how, how much you guys remember going shopping for certain bottles when and where you did it. Like I don't, maybe I buy too many, but I don't recall, a, I couldn't recall a particular time in which I bought a bottle. I mean, maybe we went to Ohio, Alec and I got uh, our Antique 107, but. When but we, also, also when we were in Louisville. I remember yes. Right, I bought two of these. I remember that. each hand at the store. I remember, I remember that. that. More like you had like two in each hand. You had like four, <laughs> I've seen, I, my, my memory might have been like, it might be an expressionist memory, but like, it felt like you had, you know, you were like one like this. Oh no, we we yeah. had some, we got some small ones too. So what do you what? So what do you guys think of it, Devin? What? Um, I mean, and that, and that Devin, you said good. I mean, like I get like a I actually get like a caramel, yeah, and a and a floral. What is that floral? I almost get like a 
off the nose, but then, I mean, just drinking it. It's very caramel crisp with a bite. Maybe it's a dill bite. <coughs> Do you guys get dill at all? Are you... No, I get the cinnamon that Timmy's talking about. Mm-hmm, me too. I get the cinnamon. I, I get the the uh, red hot cinnamony, not overpowering, but I get the. Yeah, no, there's definitely there's definitely a, a little bit of that in there too. So where do we think that comes from? Yeast. The yeast, maybe. I think it's a mix of the yeast and the proof because rye. the yeast for the flavor and then the proof like creates the visceral like sizzle on your tongue. What yeah. about the what about the char? You think the char can have an impact on that? It's a three point five char, they say. Oh, it's not a huge char. Yeah, no. there's definitely what what almost seems like a little heat right out of the gate, even though it's not over a hundred proof. It's still because it's got that little bit of spice. The very first taste, I was like, "Woo!" But it's more. It, it's not a boozy heat, right? It's. It's more of a just a, a warmth and, and, and then this, you know, the spice. Right. Yeah. No, it wasn't like, oh, I can't drink this, but it was just, it, it came out strong. That's for sure. Right. This is a high okay. rye. Is that what you said? It's 15%. It's, it's amazing to me the difference. I, like I told you, I started with the 90 proof. Right. And then went to the 100, and it's like night and day. It's not even the same stuff. So what, what brands do, does Very Old Barton have? We've covered this before, but I'm curious. What we know now. Um, 1792, Very Old Barton, which is Sazerac, Black Ridge, Walking Stick, Kentucky Tavern. What about uh, Kentucky Tavern? Jimmy, what about two stars? It, well, that, yeah, I was going to say, and then there's some other things done, like the two stars or the, the Kirkland bottles, mm. you know, that, that we have that, that right. they've done. So their juice is being also used, right, and sourced. I'm finding out. Sure. So Sazerac owns them, and they also own Buffalo Trace, correct? Do you think that at any point, Buffalo Trace also gives their scraps over to Very Old Barton to use? In like, could that happen? I mean, are they sharing juice? No, no I don't think there's a need for that. Right? They've got. No. They've got. Uh, Benchmark and what's the other, the other uh, low end one? The yellow label. Old Charter. Old Charter, right? So right. they've got plenty of labels to uh, put their wide, wide carted across town or right down the highway when you just put it in your own bottles. So what do you think is beneficial for? I mean, I guess Sazerac just wants more, more of the market share. But what's the benefit of buying two distilleries like that? That's it, right? Just own more of the market share. Yeah. Do, do you guys think that at some level to produce, to mass produce spirits like this, they have to make some sort of quality compromise or, or not necessarily quality, maybe craft compromise? No, because I think it, it, it takes a skill, right? To, to be able to create a product and recreate it and recreate it. It's like, my brother Matt, the craft brewer, says he gives his props to Budweiser because Budweiser is the same consistent product, tastes the same, made at different breweries across you know the U.S. and the world, mm-hmm. uh, but like across the U.S., it tastes the same, mm-hmm. and that's 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 an art. And they make it in they make huge quantities, right? 
Right. And, you know, it still tastes the same. Yeah, but there isn't that consistency in bourbon. Every every bottle to some <laughs> or every batch at least has some variation in flavor because of the nature of of the science behind it, maybe, but well, I think the science is solid and that's what creates the solid product. I think where the difference in variation comes in is the grains each season, you know, are different, mm-hmm. right? The terroir, those, those are the kind of things, right? And the same thing with the, the barrels. And yeah. The, the same, that's, the, that's variation. The science though, right? If you can do the, the science part of it, right? Yeah. The rest is the art. I think the no. consistency can come also from large batch. Mm. Uh, just because you're making, like if you're making, you know, if you're a small distillery, and you're making more batches, different batches a year. Sure. Because you can't make them as large. You have to make several different ones. Then like, that's just going to be naturally some variance in your product more so than if you made one humongous batch that all tastes the same. Right. <laughs> that's sort of like uh so a weird comparison I'm going to make is uh, Dunkin' Donuts, right? Supposedly Dunkin' Donuts coffee wins in blind taste testings all the time against craft coffee beans and it's kind of funny because you would sort of see it as like a lowbrow thing but some would argue because uh they are doing these mass batch things they're able to a, create a consistency and maybe there's something about that big batch that allows it to is, well is i would like good. to say something yeah dunkin donuts coffee sucks <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> well i, I not, disagree i disagree. i do not like it i disagree i like it your tastes mom, like your mom. That's one of her favorites. I know it tastes like nasty bean water to me, but I like yeah. my coffee strong, so you I don't know. know. What coffee is bean water. I said nasty bean water. I like good bean water. Mm, me too. I like that espresso flavor in so coffee. When you, get that. And when you when you cook a batch of beans in that, and then there's that 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 starchy sauce in the bottom of the pot after you, you eat the beans. That's called the pot liquor. They call me. Mm. I want. I, I want someone to to fact check what Tim just said. <laughs> well, here's an interesting fact. In 1989, <clears throat> Sazerac purchased seven brands from Seagram and Sons, mm. including Benchmark, Eagle Rare, Whoa. Carstairs, James Fox Canadian Whiskey, Crown Roost Vodka. And McGillicuddy Schnapps. So they hey. bought they bought Eagle Rare and Benchmark brands from what was the predecessor to MGP. Didn't it? But didn't it, didn't uh, Greg uh, of Old Out is that Metsy? Metz Mex Metz Metz. Didn't he work for Seagrams yeah. for a long time? Yeah, he did, but not not in 1989, right? What did he say? 35 years. Like so that. it would have been well, no, maybe but, it would have been yeah, eighty five. He started it with Seagram's, right, and then yeah. it was MGP. Then he went to MGP. So here's no, the, he, he, became, he became MGP. He never left. Here's the question: Did did they bring? So they bought these brands off of Seagram's. Did yep. they are they the ones who brought them to Buffalo Trace when they bought Buffalo Trace? Right. And said, so, start producing these brands for us. So that was eighty nine, and then three years later they bought. Um, 
the Lee's Town Company, and the George T. Stagg Distillery in Frankfort, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. So these are all have the capability, right, to make the good juice. They're buying the brands, right, the labels. I, I did read something about Sazerac. Whoever owns Sazerac, he's like some old billionaire. Yeah. Well, obviously, you'd be really rich if you owned Sazerac today, but. He, he's a vampire. 2003, they bought A. Smith Bowman Distillery in Fredericks, Virginia. Fredericksburg, Virginia. Yeah. A Bow Bowman, right? Bowman Brothers. And Bowman gets their juice from uh, Buffalo. Buffalo. So do you, do you guys think that the culture, the whiskey culture, benefits from um, a small group owning a majority? Well, it hasn't hurt either one of the two companies that we're talking about, right? As far as quality goes? Right. The, the juice is good. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, 1792 and, and Buffalo Trace products. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's as good as it gets. Sure. Maybe for the consumer, right? There's the uh, always the issue of the monopoly, you know, mm. or, or an approaching that, and maybe for the consumer. Well, I wonder. I wonder what Bill Rare tasted like before it was made at Buffalo Trace. It had to be completely different, right? Yeah, right. And there was benchmark Bill Rare that right? taste that was a different mash fill made in a different place with different resources. Yeah, because they're just essentially very few brands across their uh, lifespan have stuck to a recipe. They're just a brand. They've established a feeling that you get from looking at the bottle. You think that's true? I you mean, don't, you don't think that they've tried to reproduce the mash bill or the juice? They may have. It doesn't seem like that historically that's been the case. No, you're right. It, sound, it seems more like brand and marketing name. Even right? pa Pappy Van Winkle, right? They, they've bounced all over the place. Yeah. I, I respect that you guys have circled in on, and same way I feel about like old granddad, but circled in on like a bargain bourbon. Cause I do think it's important and from a good reputable place, like they can, right. it's, there should be a good $15 bourbon. Just the same as there's a good $15 wine. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, really, we shouldn't have to pay extraordinary prices to get something good. Um, I will say it's a lot better than Jim Beam. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm just saying if you're going to have a cheap bourbon, yeah, like, that's pretty much bottom shelf is Jim Beam, but yet there's a ton of people that love Jim Beam, and the, mm -hmm. the name is very well recognized, and this blows that right out of the water. Thank mm -hmm. you, Kevin. Uh, I agree. I, I also think it's a really solid bourbon. I think we've tried lots of bourbons on this podcast that are way lower than this in my book. Mm. Um, I agree. Mostly, mostly ones that Ryan picked, but... <laughs> uh, oh, oh but that's okay hey, was gonna uh, hate. <laughs> hey man i still tried them for you ryan thank you i but, feel uh, like i get credit I, for more of them that you don't like than i than i actually think i recommended but so so here's the one thing we haven't touched on with the uh the vario barton 100 proof and that that is it's also the hardest to come by yeah oh is it oh yeah oh most definitely it's it's I, I dare say it's allocated, right? Because it is yeah. very hard. You can't get it everywhere. You can get it in Indiana. Y you can only in certain places, and I know some of those places. <laughs> that's that's why I, that, that's why I'll always be able to have a bottle. 
Well, that and I got a few stashed. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, how many Timmy? Timmy, how many Varial Bartons do you currently have at your house? You know what? Okay, to be honest, I <laughs> I, I have oh, I have one of the old pre two thousand and eighteen bottle and bond, um, the seven fifty, and I have I only have one more seven fifty at Varial Barton because I've given it away. Okay, but how many bottles total? Two. two. No, I'm just two. Two. After no, I fit, two, after that, I fit two that are within your eyesight. What about the rest of your home? What and about or, your and, and and or garage? What about in your garage? You've seen that. Timmy. Well, no, you just asked about the very old part. Timmy. Yes. Yeah. Pick up your laptop and walk to the garage and show us what's in that cupboard. No, Come on, no. Timmy. Now. Come on now. Oh, no, no. Come on yes. now. Surprises yeah. in there. No. Yeah. Come on now. Come on, Timmy. You can, we, we want to see the cupboard. We want to see the cupboard. Oh, we got about our 20 re, bottles our reactions in, in this, Our yeah. reactions in this podcast will be oh, no. yeah. uncanny. We'll, we'll ignore the meat hooks and whatever's hanging on them. We need to know she's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, you guys are going to be, be prepared to be disappointed. Hold on, Tim, don't move anything around before you let us see. You turn that camera lens right now. <laughs> I'm, opening the, I'm opening the doors. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Doors, plural. Uh, you're moving. Multiple doors. Holy oh my God. fucking Holy God. You're God. a hoarder. My God. You're a hoarder. Damn. Pull back. Pull back. Damn. And we're going to go ahead and stop right there. For the safety, integrity, overall home security, of Timmy's secret garage stash. We're not going to list everything he has, but suffice it to say, if a nuclear apocalypse happens and I survive, I'm going to beeline it for Indiana. Timmy, you've been warned. Also, Timmy, I don't know, consider adding me to your will. I love you. You're my godfather. Those things are true. Those things are actually true. So that's today's episode, friends. I'm really, really glad you joined us for another episode of the Bourbon Library. And I really, really hope that you will try Very Old Barton and let us know what you think about it. You can always shoot us an email at hello at the Bayless Brothers or catch up with us on Instagram at the Bourbon Pod. And let's talk all things whiskey. Cool? It's a deal. It's a day sealed in heaven. Folks, we'll see you soon. I'm Ryan Bayless, and always remember, to drink is to live. Thanks for listening to our show. If you like what you heard, kindly take the time to rate and review our show wherever you're listening. It will help us grow and make more episodes. Remember to follow us on Spotify and tell your friends about the Bourbon Library. Do you have a bourbon you think we should try? Let us know and we might just feature it on a future episode. And we'll be sure to give you a shout out. If you're listening from Spotify, Anchor, or Apple Podcasts, turn on those notifications so you know when we drop a new episode. All right, bourbon lovers. Until next time. To drink is to live.